This is the GPS Show with Gabe and Scott, guiding you throughout the NFL season. From the two of Seattle. Tyler Lockett is loose. Tyler Lockett. Can they get to him? It's a touchdown, Seahawks. So first and ten after the penalty. Here comes Fetchlin on the blitz. They pick him up nicely. Wilson taking a shot. He's got the pass. Brilliant pass by Wilson. On fourth and five, Jones steps up, takes off. He's in. Touchdown. From Seattle to London, we have you covered on all the hot topics in football. This is the GPS Show, only on 88.9 The Bridge. Hello and welcome in to the GPS Show, joined by Scott Pierrock. I'm Gabe Gottesman, always here on a Friday, the Friday before the Super Bowl. So we've got a loaded show here today. We're going to be talking a lot about this preview of a great Super Bowl matchup. Really one of the uh, better matchups in years, I would say, because with the Patriots being in it three straight years, that gets a little bit boring. I'm so happy the Patriots are out. I agree. I mean, I feel like if they were more, in, if it was like Lamar Jackson was the quarterback and they went to the Super Bowl three years in a row, It'd be that'd boring. be different. But it's just like the Patriots are so boring. They just make little short passes. To what upsets me about the Patriots is that they're so good at being so simple. Yeah. You will never meet a more simpler team that throws five to ten yard checkdowns, run the ball, Two to three times, then throws it down the field. All right, so that actually perfectly segues into our first segment. We're not going to talk about the Super Bowl quite yet. We've got two hours to fill. So let's first talk about uh, one of the best quarterbacks in history, the best quarterback in history probably. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Is it that Ryan Fitzpatrick is not going to retire? Yes, it is actually. But then there's another one that's also pretty good called Tom Brady, and he is in the news because he posted a weird tweet on um, on his Twitter account. It's, he posted on his Twitter and Instagram. It's weird. It's just, for those of you who haven't seen it yet, it's just a photo of him walking out onto a field that's like all Here's black the thing, and white. Here's the thing, though. This is a serious question. Is it, walking, is it him walking out to the field or him walking into the locker room? That's if you've it. never seen the photo, this is a real debate they're having right now. Because no one can tell. He's walking out, I think. It is weird. I mean, but we, we people are trying to figure out what stadium that is. It looks like... It looks like it may be Gillette Stadium. An empty, I can't tell. I'm trying to figure it out. People believe it's an empty Gillette Stadium, which is the Patriots field. So people are trying to figure out if he's walking on to the field or walking, or walking away. Yeah, walking away from the field, which is why there's that whole debate right now. All right, so of course, Tom Brady... During this offseason, he's a free agent. He can go wherever he wants to go. He can still make good money, too. The Patriots have not really uh, uh, gotten up to bat yet, haven't given the contract that he wants, probably will never give him the contract that he would really want. And then we talk about some other teams. First, uh, let's just list, the, I think, the two main ones. There's The Broncos are a candidate, but then I think the two big ones are the L.A. Chargers and the Buccaneers. The, I don't think the Buccaneers he would go to Tampa Bay. I think it's between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, there's been a dozen teams that have expressed interest in Tom Brady, but I think that 
for me, the Las Vegas Raiders are the perfect fit. They already, I think, are trying to move off of Derek Carr. He's been an okay quarterback. No, he's not. You're not going to win a Super Bowl. What it says is Derek the Carr. Buccaneers are a sleeping giant in the race for Tom Brady. So don't count them out yet. I mean, do keep in mind they have Jameis Winston, and Bruce Aarons has already said I would be perfectly fine on moving on to a new quarterback. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of teams that could still have a chance. This is actually one of the more exciting uh, free agents in a long time just because of the historical, like Tom Brady. This um, It kind of feels like Michael Jordan going to the Wizards where it might end terribly, but he'll still, he'll still obviously be remembered for being a Pat. And um, I, I just want to talk to you about which of these two teams you think he's going to go to. I mean, it's between the Chargers and the Raiders for me. Which one of those teams? If do you think I had to choose to? between one of those teams, I would, I think I would go with the Chargers just because they do have a better situation. They have a better defense, I believe, than the Raiders. Obviously, assuming Melvin Gordon gets resigned, which is he has already said he would be willing to resign with the Chargers. In a statement, he came out basically saying he does have a true interest in returning, and so therefore he would have the offensive weapons. And the Chargers would be a better team with Tom Brady. I, I actually would rather see him go to the Raiders. I think you're right. I think he's probably going to end up with the Chargers, if not with the Patriots. I still can't imagine him going anywhere but New England. I think, though, that Las Vegas, obviously the Raiders just starting there. It's just like I believe it was like a week ago. They officially became the Las Vegas Raiders. And that would be a great way to start your franchise. Get some fans in. They'll probably they'll definitely make the playoffs. But they have Josh Jacobs. They have... They have some receivers on the outside. Darren Waller's a great tight end. Tom Brady loves his tight ends. We know that. So I think it's a good fit, actually, to go to Las Vegas, a new city. I think Tom Brady needs some incentive to go to a team. I don't think he's going to go to Tampa Bay or Tennessee. I think he wants to either go to L.A. Remember, his wife is a is a model, and, and she said that she doesn't want to live in Boston anymore where it's cold and rainy. And I think Las Vegas— well, the three teams we have named, it's all nice weather. So Yeah, exactly. So— I think that obviously his wife's going to play a major role. She's got a bunch of money, so it's not like she's just going to listen to whatever he says. I think that Las Vegas would be actually a perfect fit for Tom Brady, but we'll have to wait and see. It's obviously going to be a great story for us to go over in the offseason. I am interested to ask you, do you think his decision at the end, I have seen a few news reports on these and have heard them, do you think this will be more of a money-based decision? Obviously they are fine financially, as he has been the NFL for a plethora of years, and as you said, his wife has done well. Or do you think this is going to be primarily, where do I want to... Do you think he's really going for another ring? Or is this more of a where do I want to live type yeah, of scenario? Yeah, I think this is a LeBron situation, where it's how where can I go that will be a historical franchise, I think, for the Raiders, that's a check, where it's something unique that I'm not, you know, he wants to expand his comfort zone because he's been doing this for 20 years. It's almost too easy for him. It's like he's on rookie mode. He wants to try to make it a little bit more difficult. I think the Chargers and Raiders both um, present a new division that he would have to go to because he's been with the AFC East for 20 years now. And then he also wants to go somewhere where he could actually expand his brand a little bit. And I think uh, those two cities also have that. So it's actually really, I think, going to come down to the wire I wouldn't. I think right now the leading candidate is probably the LA Chargers, but we'll have to see. All right, so we're gonna take a break here. When we come back, plenty to unpack for this exciting Super Bowl on Sunday between the Chiefs and the 49ers. So we'll get into all that coming up next. Hello, welcome back into the GPS show once again. Joined by Scott Pierre. I'm Gabe Bottisman here, back for another segment. And Scott, this time we're getting into the main course, the Super Bowl this Sunday, Super Bowl 54. 
the 49ers and Chiefs. We're, right now, I think for this segment, we're going to give our the little backstory, the history of both of these teams this season. Obviously, both had their ups and downs, but they really, I think, were the second and third best team in the NFL uh, unbiasedly when you go when you look at who would you say was number one then the Ravens oh okay not even close but yeah they lost to the Tennessee Titans as hopefully we all know I mean you could throw a team like the um, Saints the Saints in there I would say or the, even the Seahawks but I think these are I mean with the talent they have I think these are the two most balanced teams I think yeah I think this is maybe the best Super Bowl we could possibly have with how contradicting they are it reminds me a lot of the Seahawks. Broncos Super Bowl where it's number one defense, number one offense. I don't think it's going to pan out that way, but we'll have to see. So let's start with the Kansas City Chiefs and their really exciting, up and down, thrilling season. It was There was a roller coaster of emotions because we remember they started off very well. 4-0, that, that game against the Lions where they were losing, came back and won it. That felt like kind of, all right, they're back. Patrick Mahomes is not a fluke. And... Then they and lost then, two And then straights. he got hurt. Then yep. was he sprained his ankle, which caused two losses in a row. And then he got hurt for a true time and had to sit out. Was it? I believe it was two games. Yeah, he, he had sat to sit out, out against the um, the Minnesota Vikings, and then he had to sit out against um, in a loss against the Green Bay Packers, and that felt like a big game because it was two great teams. And then with Patrick Mahomes being out. That definitely hurt them, but then in the end, it didn't really matter because I think the biggest story of their season was Week 17, and this looks like a 31-21 win against the Los Angeles Chargers in Phillips Rivers' last game. But no, it was bigger than that because a similar event, a good team against a bad team, Dolphins-Patriots, a shocking upset, sent the Chiefs jolting into the second seed. So that was a huge win, obviously. They would have had to play the Tennessee Titans at home um, and so the Patriots did, and of course, we know how that went down. So I think that was a huge, huge, uh, uh, not I, it's not a win, but like a huge Patriots loss for the Chiefs to get that bye week, get the second seed. And then it turned out even more important because they were able to play host in the AFC Championship. If they had to go on the I road. I want to ask, do you think if those games were in Houston and that game was in Tennessee, would we still be seeing the Chiefs? As the winners of the AFC or no? Honestly, I don't think so. I think with the Tennessee Titans, they were up by 10. They could have just kept on running the ball with Derrick Henry. And then the Chiefs fans knew what they saw the week before against the against the Texans. And they <laughs> were like, Patrick we're still Mahomes in it. can yeah. light it up. So I think that was obviously really important. So, I mean, this Chiefs team is great, Scott. But their locations most likely come on the defensive side of the ball where... Not a lot of stars besides Tyron Matthew, Frank Clark. This just seems like Tyron Matthew. I just said that. I said Tyron Matthew and Chris Jones. Frank Clark. Chris Jones, yeah, but I just don't know how much of a difference the defensive tackles can make. When we compare it to the 49ers defense. Yeah, that's where I mean it's not even close. I mean, let's look at However, it is interesting for the Niners. The main man is a rookie. Yeah, with Nick Bosa. And then so for this Chiefs defense, they gave up thirty one points to the Texans. I mean, they gave up twenty four in the first quarter, uh, in a little bit. And then the Titans, they gave up 24 points, which was a little bit of a better performance. But still, that could be where the where the 49ers definitely attack. Because I think that a bigger side of the ball than what we think is when the 49ers have the ball. Because the Chiefs and 40, the Chiefs offense, 49ers defense, we all know what those both those uh, team 
What are they? It will be interesting them? to see if they can get Damian Williams, the Chiefs running back, going at all. Because I truly believe if he can't get at least 75 yards on the ground, somewhere or somewhere at least close to that, that they will win this game. Yes. If he ends the game with 22 yards, I think that you can about give the Niners that game, unless Patrick Mahomes has a seven-touchdown game somewhere they don't need to run it, but I think that's unrealistic. Yeah, all right, so we're going to take a break. When we come back, now there's another team from the NFC in the NFC West, the Seahawks' familiar foe, the 49ers, will discuss their road to the Super Bowl, and then down the line we're going to talk about who we really think is going to win this game because there's a lot uh, of discrepancies from a lot of uh, different sites on who's going to win this game, so we'll, we'll give you our predictions coming up next. Hello and welcome back into the GPS show. Alongside Scott Pirak, I'm Gabe Gottesman here. Third segment of the day. This time we're going to be going over the San Francisco 49ers, how they got into this position playing in Super Bowl 54 in Miami. It's going to be a great one. Scott, we all know how the 49ers started. 8-0, they looked pretty much unbeatable. We're talking about dominating wins over the Rams. Gave up zero points to the Redskins. Panthers. Is that impressive, though, giving up zero points to the Redskins? Winning 9-0 against the Redskins. I went past that. I went past that. Then, the next week, okay, fine, they only won 9-0. Beat the 4-2 Panthers at that point, 51-13. That was a dominating performance. Then they came against the Seahawks, and then, over time, we all know what happened. Obviously, Seahawks fans, when we were thinking, we were like, yes, this is going to be incredible. But really, the, the 49ers... Should have won that game. A missed field field goal by their kicker, uh, who they had for only a couple weeks, allowed the Seahawks to come down the field and then hit one with Jason Myers. But other than that loss and then a loss to the Ravens, really, I obviously you could say that their loss to the Falcons was was a bad loss. But it came down to the last second, barely reached over the goal line, Julio Jones. So they they really should be a fourteen and two team. And then they ended it off with a win against uh, Seattle to get the one seed. That was obviously important to them, home field advantage. And then, I mean, in the postseason, they've just really looked dominant. I mean, I agree with that. There's This team really has been complete the whole way through. I will admit at the beginning of the year, I was not very high on Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, yeah. granted, he, he ended up having a pretty good season. He has not had a great postseason. But he has well, that's that okay. That's yes. unfair to say. But he has he not he needed, needed to, to because they have been up in their running backs have been absurd. Raheem Mostert, Matt Breda, and Tevin Coleman, the three-headed monster, and really what it comes down to for them was inches. I mean, this is a team of inches. We saw them beat the Seahawks by an inch. We saw them lose to the Falcons by an inch. We saw them lose to the Seahawks. By a few inches on a kick. I mean, it is very interesting for this Niners team. They have been in relatively close games throughout the season. Yeah, I mean, look, there are three losses. Seahawks missed field goal. Ravens lost on a field goal. And then Falcons lost on the last second. So they have been in a lot of close games. And that they're definitely going to be used to, I think it's going to be a great game in the end. In the fourth quarter, I think they're going to be used to it. But the Chiefs, you can't take away that they've also been in some good matchups. So I think it's going to be a great Super Bowl. And, Scott, we've kind of alluded to who we're going to pick. Not really, I haven't really alluded to who I'm going to pick. So Who do you think I'm going to pick? Well, I don't know yet. Okay. And guess who else doesn't know? The audience. And when we come back, we'll all know the truth. Who we're picking 
to win this Super Bowl and really why we think each team's going to win. So stay tuned for that coming up next on the GPS Show. Hello and welcome back into the GPS Show. We've got one more segment alluding to the Super Bowl. We've, we still have another one after that, though. We'll discuss some things in the NBA. Of course, this is our first show back since the tragic death of Kobe Bryant, and we wanted to have a little bit of talk about that and then the Lakers game tonight. Our thoughts on that will be coming up next. But right now, Scott, our predictions for the Super Bowl. We I don't I don't know what you're, you're picking, and you don't know who I'm picking. Right? Do you know who I'm going to pick? Well, okay, I, I, how about this? We say... On one, two, three, we say, who, well, okay, who do you think I'm picking? 49ers. I think you're picking the 49ers, too. But now you have to, but now, now we okay, have now to figure three, it out. We're, okay, we're gonna, on three, we're going to say who we're picking for the, who's going to be thinking. No, win. that's not how we're doing this. No, we are. On one, two, we're going to one, two, three, and we're going to say who we, who we're picking. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Chiefs. Chiefs. Oh, that's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Well, there you go. I kind of want the... For me... Actually, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm kind of rooting for the Chiefs, too. But I don't really know why you're rooting for the Chiefs. Just because I think Patrick Mahomes is better. And I don't like... Um, I just don't like the 49ers because they're in the same division okay. and they beat the Seahawks. I mean, yeah, mine's really just when it comes down to but the But that's not why, of course. For me, it really comes down to the quarterback play, which is why... But I am intrigued to see how much the running game matters in this game. Yeah, for me, I mean, we look at these two teams in the past couple of years. The Chiefs, just last year, made it to the AFC Championship game, lost to the Patriots in what really felt like a Super Bowl, more of a Super Bowl than the Super Bowl itself. And um, they have more experience. It seems crazy because Patrick Mahomes is just in his second year as a starter. But Jimmy Garoppolo, he's been, even though it's his like, seventh year in the league, he's been a backup for most of his career, hasn't got that many starts. So he's practically isn't in his second year as well, and I think that the 49ers, what were they, four and twelve last year, started off zero and nine the year before that, before they got Jimmy Garoppolo. So they don't have a winning culture except for this year. So I think that this game is going to be a little bit different to the 49ers players. I think the Chiefs understand what this means. Andy Reid understands what this means. Remember, he's been to a Super Bowl before. Kyle Shanahan has barely been in the league. He's like three years old. So I think that the Chiefs were, are going to have more experience. And then along with that, I really, in this game, I think it's going to come down to when the 49ers have the ball. So not, I think the Chiefs are probably going to get around 27 points, 30 points. I think. I think their mark has to be a 30-point game. Because the 49ers I think if they can great, crack 30, you do that every show, Gabe. Okay, you know what? He always hits... His face on the microphone. I don't want to talk about it. It's not just like how the Niners always run the ball, and I don't like watching teams run the ball. It really makes me upset. You but anyway, the art of, of good blocking. I do in Ma- I in Madden. I do. Yeah. In real life, I love to see my ideal league would it's be all Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Yes, that would be a lot of fun. I think it's good. It's probably better for the league. If the Chiefs win this and start a new dynasty, that's different from the Patriots, where it's more like, hey, look at how good we are on offense. Look at how uh, fundamentally unsound we are on defense. It's the exact opposite of uh, the Patriots. Provides a new look. And then if the 49ers win, obviously, they've got a lot of good faces, too, with George Kittle and um, Nick Bosa. So, I, anyway, I think that the, the Chiefs' defense is a little bit underrated. They don't have a lot of stars, but I think that 
they're going to be able to corral the 49ers running game with Chris Jones, with Frank Clark, like you said. So that's why I'm picking the the Chiefs to win this game. I think they can hold the 49ers to 21 points. If they can do that, I think they'll win What's this game. What's your final score prediction then? I'm going to say it's 27-21. to 21. Okay. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I think they have the better quarterback play. I do believe they have the better receivers. Or just, can I change my have... answer? No. 31-24. Oh, I thought you wanted to change the team. You can no, change no, that. No, of course not. Um, I believe that the Chiefs do have the better skill position players, which is running back, tight end. I believe that Travis Kelsey is better than George Kittle for their offense. The, both of their teams' leading receivers both, are their tight ends. Both their teams have, I mean, granted, Tyreek Kill is out for a while, but George Kittle, I think, could be better. It really, they both are perfect for their schemes. That's what it is. And then, obviously, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Monkhole, Hardman, to be able to have those three speed receivers really opens up the field. And on the defensive side, I will go with the 49ers. But I do have the Chiefs winning this game 31-27. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a great game, in my opinion. No matter how it turns out, definitely more interesting than just watching the Patriots do little dump-off passes to Julian Edelman or Wes Welker or Danny Amendola, or Muhammad Sanu. So, this should be a lot of fun. Make sure you watch it on Fox this year. Joe Buck has the call. Should be very exciting. All right. Do we know if Burger McFarlane is going to be on it? <laughs> I wish, but no, he's not. All right. So, with that, we're going to take a break. When we come back, final segment of the day, talking about the Los Angeles Lakers. We'll talk about their emotional games tonight and whether that the – the Kobe Bryant tribute that they want to have is at the end of the year with a championship uh, trophy. So we're going to get into that coming up next. Welcome back into the GPS show. I'm Scott alongside Gabe, and we both have done our Super Bowl predictions. We both have the Chiefs winning in high-scoring, tightly contested Super Bowl matchups. But we are going to move into the NBA, Gabe, and you have something to say about it. Yeah, so this is our first show, like I said before the break, uh, since... On Sunday, last Sunday, obviously NBA legend Kobe Bryant passed away along with his daughter, uh, nine total victims in a uh, helicopter crash in California. The entire world was shocked, just more than basketball. The world stopped. Yeah, it was just, Kobe Bryant was more than just a basketball player. He was a great father. He was a great figure in his community. He meant so much to L.A. uh, for the past 20 years. Uh, on the Lakers, and then I think for me, one thing that made Kobe so great was he didn't just play basketball and then retired, you know, maybe became an analyst, maybe did broadcasting, no, he played basketball, and then a couple of years later, he wins an Oscar. There's a lot of great actors that haven't won an Oscar yet, and that just shows you uh, how dedicated Kobe was to everything he did. And opened another foundation. Yeah, and he was a great father, too. There's a lot of great... um speeches by different people Shaquille O'Neal talked about his um his experiences with Kobe Bryant as a teammate obviously they've had their history but he he was I mean everyone was just so devastated because it wasn't like Kobe had this was so unexpected it just seemed like Kobe was the last person that um you would think would have would die at the age of 41 and it was so weird for me because the night before 
LeBron James had just passed him on the scoring list for most all time, and then the next morning it felt like it was almost fake. Like we just talked about Kobe Bryant the night before for how great he was, how great of a career he had. LeBron had posted um, on his social media like thanking Kobe for being really his idol, and then just the next day he passed away. So it was just a really terrible uh, start to the week for a lot of people, and just it doesn't feel right. But now after a couple of days. The Lakers are finally playing their first game tonight against the Portland Trailblazers, and it's going to be really emotional. And LeBron has said that he's dedicating this season to Kobe, and he feels like he needs to put the team on his back, and he's going to win this championship. That's what he said. So I think that would be just one of the greatest stories in NBA history. The same year that Kobe Bryant passed away, LeBron you know, could lead his team. I think he's going to average 50 in the finals if he needs to to win this championship for L.A. And that motivation just to do it for Kobe Bryant, because you know that's what he would want, right, Scott? He would want the Lakers. He would want to win. Exactly. I think that's that's what it comes down to. I mean, Carmelo Anthony, who they are playing tonight, he played on Tuesday because he said Kobe would have played. He would play every game until he couldn't, which he did in his career. And speaking on that similarly, Gabe, I did not believe it at first. Like many, I saw the report. I said, no, this is not right. TMZ reported it. This is not real. This is someone who is a Kobe fan or something, or sorry, not a Kobe fan, a LeBron fan or something, posting this because he had just broken Kobe's record and just trying to create a news story out of nothing. And then, of course, Adam Schefter posted it, and Adrian Wojcicki posted it, and it just simulated, and it was slowly coming to the realization that really the player that we grew up watching kind of. Exactly. He was was, our Michael. He was in the league since he was 18. He's been in the league for 20 years. And for him to be really the person, I rewatched his 60-point game. Yeah, I did too. I watched that. I watched his 81-point game. And it was, it was very interesting to watch again. But mainly for me, what made him so different than all the other athletes was, yes, his competitive nature. I remember hearing all these stories at my basketball camps I go to of, how we need to work like Kobe. We need to get up at 4 a.m. and start practicing and then do take a two-hour break and then go back at it all the way until we get to 8 p.m. and then maybe do it one more time after that. But for me, it wasn't that. It was the fact that he was able to connect with people more than just the state of basketball. He could connect with other sports. He was great with FC Barcelona, a team that's not even in the United States. He was able to connect with people in the community, and that's what I think really hit everyone hard. Yeah, and I mean, in his last game, how, like, Kobe is it of him to score 60 points? To score 60 points off 50 shots or Yeah, and, like, the first NBA Finals I remember watching was when I was, like, what, six years old, uh, watching him beat the Celtics. So, obviously, I never knew him. You never knew him, but yet it still has an impact just because of the way he was able to change the game, change the world. He's just such a great competitor. And really, if you, there's one thing that you would teach you is no matter what you do, go 110% for it because... There's, you should leave no regrets. I don't. I think that even though he was only 41 years old, he lived his life to the fullest. And obviously, we send our condolences to his family, to everyone in the Los Angeles area who's been affected by this. And um, yeah, it's just really sad. But I'm I'm a Lakers fan now for the rest of the year. I'm not, I'm just I'm just gonna admit it. I'm hoping that they can they can win the finals for Kobe. I I agree with you on that. And we are gonna wrap up the GPS show with both of us having the Chiefs as our Super Bowl predictions. And make sure to say something nice to a family member, even a friend. Just make sure to stay in touch. 
I'm Scott Longs. I'm Gabe from the GPS Show.